Well, I spoke briefly on it earlier, but we're going to talk about a topic that I think is a good, this is a good time to talk about it, a good time to teach on it. Because if, if we aren't careful, frustration can, can cause a lot of people to fail. It can cause a lot of people to, to quit, to give up, to walk away. Um, whether it be jobs or relationships, churches. Um, we have a tendency to be frustrated a lot. And we don't really need a holiday to bring out frustration. But I do know from personal experience that some holidays just heighten my frustration. Let me help you understand it a little bit more. We take off and go to a store that I did not want to go to but we went anyway under the direction of my sister you go with your wife and go to the store with your wife so as I'm riding my Harley down the interstate I flagged her up beside me because she was in her vehicle and I told her to roll her window down and I yelled at her and said go home I was waiting for the typical response don't tell me what to do So she goes home, and I said, I'll go with you. We'll go to Sam's, and we'll get stuff. Well, I didn't mind the Sam's trip because I signed up for it, Miss Linda. If we sign up for something, you, if you volunteer and raise your hand and say, I'll do, you have zero right to complain, Right? So I didn't complain. I did not sign up for the next stop. And I walked into one of the best stores. One of the best stores in Roanoke. It's got to be the best store. I'll let y'all read between the lines. I'm not going to try to put somebody on a skittle. The best store. In Roanoke, they have zero customer service. You walk in, you got a bag. I almost had to run, chase somebody down. Just say, hey, I want to spend some of my money. So my frustration. My frustration. What's wrong with people today? Nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to do the job, and everybody wants top dollar. And you, one of the busiest seasons of the year, and I'm told in this best store in Roanoke, bear with us, we only have two people. My frustration. It wasn't that I haven't had frustration. It was just heightened. 
I don't get it. I, I leave her because she's standing there looking at a, a computer. And I walk away. Knowing that my wife is the one that will do some things that shouldn't. And she decides she go unplug the computer. Y'all know what happens in the best store in Roanoke. Beep, beep, beep. And I'm going, that's my wife. My frustration is heightened. So I'm pretending to look for some other things. <laughs> no, wasn't everybody come over. It took, it took a minute. But somebody did finally come over. And uh, an Irish lady. And uh, I loved her accent. I think that settled my frustration. But anyway, we ended up getting this and we're going to pay for it. And while we're standing in line, <laughs> I'm, my frustration's still heightened. So I'm just having, you ever had somebody add fuel to the fire, pour salt in the wound? All right, well, that was what was going on now. So now we only have two cash registers open. And it's not even at the checkout. It's at the customer service desk. So now, come on, Christian. So now I'm standing in the customer service line during the busiest season to check out. I didn't have a complaint, didn't have a return, didn't need no questions answered. I just wanted to pay and leave. Man, you know what? Now I have a better, a better relation with Walmart. Now I can just walk in, pay for my stuff, and leave. I don't have to wait on you complaining about something you bought that you knew wasn't what you needed to begin with. And I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to everything. So I'm going... And she's going, they're doing the best they can do. And I'm like, oh, so am I. <laughs> I just wanted to share with you frustrations. We all have them. Now, some of you may have been a little more on the sinful side of that occasion, if it were you. But being who I am, I'm joking. I wanted to throw something. I just wanted to pay my stuff and get out. But we have frustrations in our life. And as small as that may seem, as little as that appears to you, how many of you know it can just be a seed? A seed that was planted in your heart at that moment because you began to meditate and dwell. What's this good preaching already? I ain't even got to the scriptures. But I want you to understand your frustration. Many of us walk with it daily. It just takes something to trigger or to heighten. Now that frustration is no longer inward. But now it becomes outwardly. And if you're not careful, because see, we ain't always been saved. 
I'm still trying to get Debbie there. We're working. I mean, no, I can't do it. I've been there 30 years. But not all of us have been saved all of our life. And it takes a little bit of frustration to bring out the first Adam. And now, it's not only something you're fighting and struggling with inwardly, but there's people around you that see you too. What if I'd have gone nuts? Did you keep breathing for me? What if I would have gone crazy? If I went crazy, the youth wouldn't have had a computer because I'd have, let's go. I was done, Dawn. Finished. Christmas isn't even here yet. And I'm already trying to find a partner for the Grinch. <laughs> but if I would have gone outside of it, if it would have gone further than me and her, See, everything that we do, it's a reflection on who we say we serve. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. Are you? If I can give you just a few things this morning that will help you deal with your frustration, do you think it would be worth coming out in the rain for? Yeah. All right, so bear with me. That's your pre-service. I got to set it up. I got to give a good platform so we can build on it. If you got your Bibles, let's go to John. John chapter 6. I'm going to start at verse 60. We'll read through 68. This is the New Living Translation. I mix these up on y'all every once in a while. I just want to make sure you're listening and pay attention. Because some of you just sit and listen to it. and Yeah, pastor said it must be true. Well, I mess up too. So this, this, is, this is Jesus walking with some disciples. Now, these aren't just the, the 12. These aren't the, the chosen apostles only. These are them and disciples okay these are the ones that were following christ and it says many of his disciples said this is very hard to understand how can anyone accept it jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining so he said to them does this offend you Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? See, the Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort. Accomplishes nothing. I know you think you got it together. And I know that if you think you put your hands to the plow. And I know that if you think you get involved. I know that if you think that if you come up with the plan, everything's going to work. Human effort accomplishes nothing that's not my word that's bible 
You gonna get mad? Get mad at the Bible. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe. And he knew who would betray him. Then he said, that is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you also going to leave? You've seen what the crowd did. You going to leave too? Boy, don't you know I want to say that sometime, looking at somebody. I guess you're going to. What you want to go to? Oh, hang on. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, are you going to leave? Are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied with this, Lord, to whom would we go? He didn't... Are y'all paying attention? He didn't say, no, we're not going to leave. He didn't say, no, I don't want to leave. <laughs> he said, if I do, where am I going to go? You have the words that give eternal life. Reading that portion and that portion alone could cause you to sit and go, what does this have to deal with frustrations? This is frustration, but faithful. See, you can be frustrated, but still be faithful. Most people are like the other disciples that were frustrated. And this whole conversation had to deal with what you and I would call offense. Because this was a group of people that saw Jesus across the lake. And they gathered up their stuff and they took off. And they beat him to the other side. These people was running around the lake. Now you know they were some fast folk. But they got around to the other side of this lake. And they go, Jesus, when did you get here? And he's going, come on, really? Come on, you've had those people that come up to you. Well, what? I'm so glad to see you. No, and they ain't glad to see you. They're glad to see what you can give them. Jesus read right through it. So he's talking to these people and he said, okay, I'm going to check you. Unless you drink of my blood or eat of my flesh, you have no part in me. Well, that gets confusing for everybody. Is this man talking about cannibalism? What's going on? Jesus is making reference to communion. Jesus is making reference to communication. See, if we don't have communication with Jesus, he has no part with us. 
we have no part with him. That is what he's talking about. But knowing just how Jesus was, Tommy, go to Matthew. Knowing how Jesus is and was and how he spoke, watch this. He said, all these things Jesus spoke to the multitude in parables. Jesus was constantly speaking to the multitudes in parables. Because basically he's saying that it's not meant for them to understand. See, I don't want, I don't want people to hear me. I want people to hear my heart. And if we don't have communication, if you're not speaking to me and I'm not speaking to you frequently and often, then we have a failure to communicate. Because you, you hear the word. You hear what I'm saying, but you don't hear my heart. Oh, you know, just like my wife. Oh, that was just mean. It wasn't, I'm trying to get a point across. I become a little passionate, and I might say some things over the top, Dawn. doesn't mean that I'm mad. It means I'm frustrated. Y'all with me? Are you tracking? You on the wagon? And Jesus is saying, I, if you don't hear my heart, offense comes a lot of the times by way of misunderstanding. Paul put it like this. I've got, to, I've got to do this to help protect me. Paul said, I don't come to you with flattering words. He said, basically, I'm not coming to you to try to impress you with big words and stuff. I'm coming to you with the Holy Spirit. And whatever he decides to give through me, you have to choose how you receive it. People always have a tendency to blame it on the communicator. You can't do that all the time. Sometimes it's up to you. Okay, well, let me help you. You come in mad. And it just so happened I won't look directly at you. I'm going to look. Because if I go over here, man, I get to some of just. See, you can be mad at me. Not mad at me, but just mad. And if I say something that the Holy Spirit is put on me to say, and it tends with the problem that you have. I'm not talking to y'all, I'm talking to Sherry. I'm, it's dealing with the problem that you have, and you're mad. So you take offense. And then you blame it on me. Not my problem. <laughs> Got a little hot. <laughs> so instead of you fixing you, go to fix me. You walk into my office and tell me how I'm supposed to be acting. 
and how I'm supposed to be talking and how I should be relaying messages and how I should be. And all the time, God caught you in your sin. Okay, you're not sent, you're a saint. God caught you in a place where a seed had been planted. And he's trying to destroy the seed now before it takes root and grows in your life. And now you're dealing with a problem much bigger. Can I, can I, let me encourage you with something. You can get rid of 90% of your problems in your life if you would season it with humility. Did I say 90%? You get rid of 99.9% of the problems in your life if you'd be willing to season it with humility. We, we, we're not designed that way. We were born of Adam. So we got problems. And our problems is, we got to be right. Husbands, just go like this. Don't look up, don't say nothing. Just shh. Trying to help you. You know, I better leave it alone. There's an acronym for fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Husbands, shh, shh, shh. No, they aren't. If you say something and they go, I'm fine. No, they aren't. They're frustrated. They're emotionally unstable. <laughs> I'm fine. No, you're frustrated. You're insecure. What's a good what's a good word for the letter N? Like you just crazy. Now nah, what's that word? What's that word like you just crazy? <laughs> I'm fine. You're frustrated, you're insecure, you're neurotic, and you're emotionally unstable. They're not fine. Husbands, listen to me. We have to be careful on what we see in frustrations. We can't deal with frustrations in people the same way. Because everybody has a different frustration. See, my frustration might be different than yours. Yours is probably different than hers. And hers is probably different than yours. We all have different frustrations, but we all have frustration nonetheless. 
And when we add the stress and the activities and the just the crazies on top of our frustrations that are already indwelling, our senses are heightened in our frustration. And dude, it only takes, it don't, husband, it only takes you taking, this is how simple it can be, Charlie. It can be as simple as going in and taking the dish towel that was on the counter and wrapping it over the dishwasher handle. I wasn't done with that. Why did you move that? Leave it right there. I would get out of my kitchen. I'm fine. It's frustrations. Frustrations. And we invite so much of it. Because we, we begin to put our efforts to whatever the task is at hand. And frustration is, let me give you the definition of frustration. Y'all don't mind if I look at a note, do you? It's a deep chronic sense or state of insecurity and dissatisfaction missing from unresolved problems or unfulfilled needs. A deep of chronic sense or state of insecurity and dissatisfaction, sorry, arising, can't read my own writing, dissatisfaction arising from unresolved problems or unfulfilled needs. Have any of you ever experienced frustration? Have you ever needed something and you were dissatisfied on how it was resolved? Husbands, you need something to eat and you got a peanut butter and jelly because she's frustrated. Guess what? Now you are too. <laughs> but if you're smart, you keep your mouth shut, you'll eat it on the way out the door. And if you didn't like it, you toss it to the dogs and go to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> mm. We were talking about how this, this communication by Jesus in the parables, and he's speaking to the disciples, and they're not understanding what he's saying, and it's caused them now to become offended. And now instead of them being around the bread of life and drinking of the wine of the new covenant, they have decided to walk away from it all. They had life standing in front of them. And they chose death because of a misunderstanding. I got to ask you a question. I wonder how many of you stand in the face of life. And because you misunderstand, you chose death. Well, Pastor, I ain't choose death. I'm still here at church. Are you? Well, that's good. Well, God bless you. He give you a gold star today because you showed up on Sunday. There's a day that we come before him, and he looks at us and says, "Depart." I never knew you. Oh, but you've got all the excuses covered. But I've cast out demons in your name. I've healed the sick. 
I've caused the blind eyes to see in your name. Surely you know me. No. I just knew my word and I performed it. See, the, the difference of us choosing life and us choosing death is understanding the communication between us and him. I ain't got time to dive into this one, but let me go here just real quick. This isn't about your relationship between you and God. It's about your relationship between you and Jesus. Oh, why are you saying that? Okay, 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 I got you, Miss Religious. Hang on. The Bible says no one comes to the Father except... He said, if you've seen me. <laughs> See, we're all tired. Everybody will pray to a God. And some will even pray to the God. The problem is they do not know the Son. And they've not been sealed by His Spirit. What a sad, sad day. You worried about your frustrations because your hands are on the plow and you're digging and plowing and digging and plowing and nothing is happening. Nothing's coming to a resolve. You're digging and plowing and digging and plowing and nothing is happening in your benefit and you're digging and plowing. And you're frustrated. And then your, frustrate, your frustrations begin to set in and you go... I don't even know why I'm doing this anymore. I mean, he's not even part of it. He's not listening. He's not fixing. Ain't nothing. And the whole time, you've had your hands. Now, I'm not. But you know the Bible does say, once you put your hands on the plow, if you let go, then you're not worthy of the king. I got you, religion. Hands are on your plow. He says, take on my yoke. Learn from me. You're trying to work your plow, and he wants you to work his plow. Our frustrations come mainly through our own issue of wanting things a certain way, wanting things done our way, wanting things to happen in our time. And God is standing back and going, when, daughter, will you get it? Son, how much longer will you walk in disobedience? But I'm not walking in disobedience. Are you doing what God says? Are you doing what you say? You're walking in disobedience. Listen, you're either, the Bible's very, very specific. You're either for him or you're against him. There is, there is no alternative. Well, I'm for him today because it's Sunday. No, you're against him because Monday you went right back to the world. Jesus is dealing with a group of people that haven't had any communication with him. All they was wanting was what he offered. 
They did not want him. They did not want his heart. Man, can you imagine being tied in a marital relationship to where you didn't really, the other one didn't want your heart. They just wanted what you could give them. Some people marry just to get out. I'm not going to look nowhere but right here. Some people marry because of the fringe benefits, brother. Pastor. Okay. Let something change. Whoop. Big boy, big girl church. Some of us marry because of the fringe benefits. What happens when them fringe benefits die off? What's your love factor based on now? See, you marry a good woman like I married. She just said, look, I'm going to love you. Fat, bald, and broke. You know what I did? Tested her. All three. <laughs> She's still here. <laughs> Careful what you say. You'll be tested. <laughs> Many of us find ourselves experiencing frustration just because we have devised our own plans. You've set it up, man. You've line by line, day by day, month by month, year by year, child by child. Your whole life has been drawn out by you. And when you can't seem to get out of chapter one to get into chapter two, your frustrations become heightened. And what I fear for the church is that your frustrations become so overbearing that you walk, that you turn and walk away from the face of life and you consume death. I wonder how many Christian people sit in churches dead. It's a heart checker this morning. But we've become so frustrated, man. Husbands don't make the money we they used to make and Wives don't do what they used to do, and now I've got, now I've got kids and grandkids and dogs and holidays. Of frustration. My life is full of frustration. We don't ever want to admit any of that. Can I, ask, can I ask you a serious question on a deep level? And I really want you to ponder this. How many of you have said, I should have never You fill in the blank. 
that I should have never went to Starbucks and got a coffee this morning. That, I, I should have never. I wish I would have never. There was a time or 12. <laughs> Boy, I wish I could see the notebook. <laughs> I wish I'd never. I wish I'd never. I wish I'd never. But see, when we become capable of laying everything over into God's hands. Watch how, Tommy, take me back to John 6 and get me down to 65 or 66, whatever it was. Jesus turned to his 12 and asked, are you also going to leave? Now listen, they, he could have very well answered and said, I'm out. I'm not taking a bite of your arm, not drinking no blood. Not, we're not doing none of that here. Wrong church. And he could have said, I'm leaving. But see, there was something different here. These 12 had spent time with Jesus. These 12 had a communication level that went much deeper. Because every time that he would speak these parables to the flock, to the world... He would explain to them in private. He was allowing them to understand his heart. To have a communication level that no one else was having. They didn't understand. And because of their understanding, he didn't say, no, I'm not frustrated and I don't want to not leave. Because honestly, Jesus, come on, okay, take your religious hats off. And just go ahead and tell, Jesus, I don't know that this relationship's going to work out. <laughs> Look, I've been there. God, I don't think this, this agreement. <laughs> I'm not so sure. But there was a communication level. That when I would say that, I would hear. Or I would be taken to scripture. God, I'm so frustrated. God, I'm frustrated. I'm going to get to your personal level now. I'm frustrated. Church isn't growing. Not seeing salvations. Not seeing healings. God, I'm here week after week. I answer the phones. I go and do. Sometimes I miss what I'm supposed to be doing. Then I have to apologize and feel like a heel all day or feel like a donkey. I do the best I can do with what I have. God, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. I need you to help me because I can't do this anymore. And then it's like a Thomas Edison sets on my head. Bing! Oh, you finally realized you can't do it. <laughs> and then he gets sarcastic with me. Not really, but. So I sit and I deal with these frustrations. 
And I'm trying to find out ways to get around those frustrations. God, I don't, listen, I'm not mad at them. God, these are the faithful. I'm not mad at them. I'm mad at the situation. I'm mad at the circumstance. And I get it. I get it. Watch Paul. Hey, Tommy, I don't know. I'll give you uh, some other scripture. Maybe. Um, let me do this. I don't know that I'll give you this. Y'all can find it, but you, when it says, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? He was, he was frustrated. He was frustrated. What, who told you? This is not what I've been teaching you for the past four years. I know I have taught you better principles and better precepts. And yet I can look and watch you and you're going the total opposite direction. You've looked into the face of life and you've turned and chose death. And then I'm to blame. Go to 2 Corinthians, Tommy. Paul again, Paul's... Even before we even get to that, remember David. David was crying out to God several several occasions in Psalms, and he, "Where are you? I mean, I've done this and I've done that, and I call out for you here, and you're not there, and I look for you, and you're not there." You ever been so frustrated that you can't find God no matter where you turn? Can I tell you that He's probably on your left hand? He He's doing what you can't see because He's faithful. Oh, even in his frustration, he was faithful. You can't tell me that God wasn't frustrated with the Israelites. Whoo! I can only imagine his frustration with me. 2 Corinthians, for I fear lest when I come, he, Paul is talking, he's talking to saved, sanctified Christians. He's talking to the church. I see his frustration. I shall not find you such as I wish. Basically, he's saying, I want to come back. I want to see you. I want to see you in a relationship with God, the Father and the Son. I want to see you enveloping everyone's love and expressing your love to one another. I want to see all of this. But the problem is, when I come back, I'm scared that I'm not going to see this. He says, that I shall be found by you such as you do not wish. He basically, I'm going to walk in on you and I'm going to catch you. God ever walked in on you? Come on, church. Hey, has God ever walked in on you and caught you? Right at the time that it stumbled off your lip, you went, and here come daddy. And you went, oh, and <laughs> choked up on a piece of ham. Lest there be contentions. He's talking to the church. Jealousies. How can you have jealousies in the church? We're all the body of Christ. Without one there can't be a body. Why is there jealousy? Jealousy. 
Why, Miss Linda, why do we always have to be one up on somebody? Why, why can't we be? There's outburst of wrath. There's selfish ambitions in a church. Selfish ambitions in a church? It's no wonder we can't reach the world. The church can't get it together. And see, Paul already knew this. Paul said, y'all have to get this stuff together today. Church ain't a place you come and hang out. Kick your feet back. I'm going to hurt some feelings. Drink your coffee and eat your danishes. Anyway, church is a gathering that you should not forsake for the upbuilding of one another. So that you went through hell last week, the person that's going through hell this morning can talk to you and you can tell them how you got through it. No, that's not my gifting. Shut up. Backbite. What? In church? I love just sitting and eat lunch with y'all sometime, not being able to be seen, but can hear you. I wonder how many of you fillet me on the plate. Don't be, stop. Stop taking offense. I'm not saying that you do it. If you do do it, stop. I mean, it would be wise of you for the one that's been appointed over to guard and watch over your soul. It would be profitable for you not to speak against him or her. I, I'm just trying to help somebody. You may not even be sitting in here. I'm just trying to help somebody. Whisperings. That's why, ladies, this is why I come out. Don't take offense to me. But that's why I come out there and bust up a crowd. What y'all gossiping about at the scuttlebutt? I want to know what you're talking about. Might be a time I catch you talking about somebody. Good counseling session right after church. Look at her. She, she hates when I talk like this. It's, baby, this is Bible. I can't help it. Conceits. Tumults. Lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you. He's basically saying, man, I already know what I'm going to walk into and I'm not going to be happy. I'm already frustrated because I already know what's going on. But when I get back into your gathering, God will humble me and I'll mourn for you. Paul was frustrated, but faithful. Frustrated at the church, but faithful to his call. Frustrated with people, but faithful to his God. Faithful. We're trying to come out of our frustrations, but many of us fall at the faithful part. To God. 
I'm not telling you don't you can't be frustrated. I'm not you're gonna listen, you're gonna deal with frustration probably on a daily. But it's how you tend to the faithful. Being faithful to God is your ammunition to fighting frustration. See, you have to understand, too, that God, that God will frustrate you. Okay, let's go there. Tommy, go to Job. I know when you're looking at me going, here we go. Watch. He, God, he. He being God, God frustrates the devices of the crafty, you, so that their hands cannot carry out their plans. See, God wanted you, Miss Pat, God wanted you sitting here this morning so you could hear this word. So he frustrated your plans when you wanted to stay home because you was full of turkey. I wonder how many of us set in frustrations and it's God given the frustrations and we're being counterproductive. Oh, boy, I, I got so full this morning because I'm hearing just about every word I'm saying right now and I love it. But man, we go out, we set things in order, set things in place and then get frustrated because it's not coming to pass. And the whole time, God is sending frustration after frustration. Because he said, mm, 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 mm. I want you here doing this. Hey, are y'all still with me? Watch how Paul checks this out. When, he, when he's talking to the Galatians and he, he, oh, you foolish Galatians, and who's bewitched you? One of, one of his slight responses can be found in Philippians 4, 11 through 13. And he says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. And I know how to keep my composure. I know how not to be frustrated when I'm abased. I know how to hold my composure. I know how to make it from here to there. Even when I'm with nothing. And when I'm abounding. When, when I've got everything that I need. I know how to act here too. Because I don't allow selfishness. I don't allow greed. I don't allow these things, these arrogancies to enter into my life. I know, I know how to handle both. Without and with. Boy, if we could learn. I've learned both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, we're talking about, I know, I have this problem of putting people on pedestals too. 
And I get my, my hand smacked more often than I choose or desire to. But Paul, the majority of his wisdom came from behind bars. Don't you know that God could have chose another apostle to write 13 epistles? But he said, if I choose, if I choose Peter, <laughs> I have to bleep a lot of things. <laughs> that ain't what he said. But Peter hasn't gone through what Paul's gone through. So Peter's expression and how he feels and what he can teach isn't going to be on the depths and the level of what Paul. I have a hard time running the church when I'm at the church. Paul's in prison running churches. See, I don't look at Paul as... You know how you can hear somebody's voice on the phone and you automatically put a picture to them? And then when you go on, you look at them and go, whoa. <laughs> It'd be like him. He answered the phone and he sounded like Mickey Mouse. And then I walk up. I'm, I'm looking to see this little, this little dude. And here he goes, hey. <laughs> whoa. I don't picture Paul as this weak, feeble man. you got to read his writings. He was, he was, can I say as bad as Jesus? They were very close, close comparison. Because <laughs> Jesus didn't pull punches either. I think we all look at him as the wimpy man hanging on a cross. This is the king of kings. This I don't picture some little snotty-nosed, wimpy, woke millennial. Oh, pastor that went there. Well, I don't. And I don't see Paul. Paul was the in-your-face preacher. He wasn't a pastor. He was a preacher. He was the apostle. I bet you that man could preach. His church is probably as small as mine. Because he didn't pull punches. He said, you're living in sin, you're living in sin, fix it. If you don't like it, talk to him. I ain't got nothing to do with it. What's your problem? You got a problem? <laughs> I just see him doing it. In Romans 8, Paul goes on to say, and we know that all things here, listen, here is your key to your frustration. And we know that all things work together for the good. To those, okay, this isn't Christianese. This isn't, oh, I'm the blessed and highly favored. And you know you're lying. You couldn't even pay rent. You didn't got mad at your husband. He left last night. Your kids wouldn't get out of bed. You beat them on the way to church. And you took a nip right before you come in just to settle your nerves. See, this isn't Christianese. He said, all things will work out for the good. 
Not to you because you're here on Sunday. Not to you because you read a devotional every day. Not to you because you don't beat Charlie. He said, to those who love God. See, we have, we have so watered down the word love that we just think it's a word thrown in here. Because we love pizza, we love dogs, we love hiking, we love hockey, we love baseball, we love cars, we love motorcycles, and we love God. Do you? Because see, love doesn't come without decision. Not, not just when God's got everything under control in your house. It's when everything in your house is upside down. Well, I still love it. Do you? Because what you just done and how you just acted and what you just said does not express. And you want all things to work out for the good. Oh, come on, church. See, listen, you, you want to know why there is such limp-wristed Christianity in this country? It's because we have taught, we have groomed people to be that way. Oh, you devote your heart to God, and man, every, everything is going to turn upside down when you devote yourself to God. You don't believe me? Read the Bible. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't know anything worse than being beaten, shipwrecked, jailed, left for dead, bit by snakes. I mean, I, I, sound like his life was pretty smooth. It seemed like old boy's life was jacked out of it. See, I would have been that guy. I'd have been that guy around the corner. Hey, Paul, hey, hey, <laughs> buddy, how long are you going to try this out? <laughs> this, thing, this thing don't look like it's working good. I'm saying... This guy's life was jacked. But he was faithful. And because he was faithful and he loved God, all things worked out for the good. To those that love him and were called according to his purpose. We don't serve a genie. Stop rubbing your vases. God, I need, I need, God, I need. And he's going, I need you. You. I, not the fake you. I need, I need the bold you. The one that will come and tell me exactly what's on your mind because I already know. Stop lying to me and trying to manipulate me and getting around it and skirting around it to make something just that, that is ugly sound pretty. Just tell me. I'm a big boy. I can handle it. You ain't going to catch him off guard. He's not going to pull a conference with Jesus and the apostles and the Holy Spirit and go, man, I cannot believe he said that to me. He probably pulled a meeting, not a conference. He pulled a meeting. Because he already told them, listen, this is what he's going to do. 
And this is going to turn his life around. Watch what happens. Because he's going to find out that I'm God and that he can talk to me and I'll talk to him and we can have a communication. And the day that I tell him, unless you eat of my bread and drink of, or eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part of me. He won't be offended. He'll come. Not that he's not frustrated. He just, he desires to be faithful more than frustrated. Are you willing to be faithful in the midst of frustration? Because that's what it's going to take. If not, you're, you're going to live a life full of frustrations. That Lord over your life. It's one thing to have frustrations and you deal with them. It's another to have frustrations lord over your life. And then it begins to affect your job. It begins to affect your health. It begins to affect your relationship, not only with one another, but with the church and then with Jesus. It, listen, you, church, hear me this morning. Let God be God. Will you do that? During this, this wonderful time that we have to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, even though it's not on the December 25th, we still do it anyway. And it's okay. We just decided to put a thing together. Somebody said, hey, let's make a day of it so that, oh, remember, remember, remember Paul when they come to him and said, man, they're out there, they're preaching and teaching. And remember, I taught y'all about this a couple weeks ago, and Paul said, it's okay. Some are doing it out of spite, and some are doing it out of love. Either way, the gospel is being preached. It doesn't matter if it's December the 25th, and if you do it under a Christmas tree, or if you do it in front of a manger, or if you do it out in the front yard. It doesn't matter as long as the gospel is being preached. I don't like trees. But you know what? I can learn to get through that frustration or I can allow that frustration to overtake and lord over my life. I don't like a tree shit. I don't, I do not like, and I even paid for one. Don't like a tree. I'm not telling you not to like it. Put one up. I don't care. Did I tell you any of y'all y'all going to hell? No. Okay. Then get over it. I cannot like something just like you cannot like something. How many of you like asparagus? Not everybody. Oh, I, oh yeah. I was introduced. Everything's good with bacon. But anyway. Did you get something? Will you be able to apply some of this to your life? Especially in this season. Don't let frustrations make it a horrible day. Don't, make, don't let the frustrations make it a, a horrible time with family. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Moses put it this way, and I'm going to quit. We're closed. We're done. Moses put it this way. Today I've given you life and death. Choose life. 